Right, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. So this is the issue that I, I think we both had sitting down to look at our show notes this morning. So I've been for the last two days trying to plan out what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And the problem that I'm facing right now today is I don't know what to talk about today because all of my other shows, right? Like there's other things going on. Like we're talking about like this show is about video games. This show is about pens, right? Like you can talk about the things that are happening in those worlds. But here, all we do is talk about like now, which I love that, you know, like taken out of this like i love that this show has just become like let's just talk about what's going on in our lives it's like a really nice it's like the best kind of podcast to have with one of your closest friends yeah. right it's like a great reason to start a show which by the way if you'd like to learn how to start a podcast of your own go to <laughs> slash backstage but like seriously though like it's one of the reasons that lots of people start shows and i think is one of the best ways to have a podcast is like it gives you an excuse to catch up and stay connected with somebody that you love right and that's effectively what this show is for the yep. two of us now but because of that it means that all we really talk about is what's going on in our lives and all that's going on in our lives is we're in this goddamn pandemic and like i can't even begin to think about like what else to talk about and even though, like, you know, my mood, like many people, it changes a lot. Like, I'm pretty steady at the moment. But sitting down to do this show, I just feel like I'm going to be depressing, even though I am not feeling that right now. Yep. You said it perfectly. And, yeah, I looked yesterday, uh, as I'm sitting here now, I looked yesterday at the show notes. And we have, you know, a couple of minor things in here. But... For the most part, it's a blank slate. And I thought to myself, well, you know, what I really need right now and what I suspect our listeners really need right now is something other than the world sucks and we're all going to die. And yet with that said, even though I don't think of myself as actively, you know, depressed or anything, I don't have a whole lot of things to talk about on the show. Like you said, Mike, other than, wow, this all sucks. We're all going to die. Like, you know, and, and that's not, that's not the show I want to make, much less listen to. So I think we're just going to kind of wing it and see what happens. But I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's a very tough thing because I, I, I cherish this show so, so much for all the reasons you just mentioned. You know, like both Mike and I, we talk, you know, in between the times we record, but we don't talk as much as we probably should. And that's as, at least as much, if not more, my fault than Mike's. It's a group effort. Um, and But, you know, we, I like having this show where we can talk about stuff and, and be real with each other and, and be real with you, the listeners. And and I value this show so much for it. But unfortunately, if our real is that we're upset or that we're unhappy, perhaps, or concerned or nervous or worried or stressed, that given that the show is about us, it's going to bleed into the show. And we're going to try our darndest to make this happy and not, you know, we're not, we're going to don't try. Don't promise not to that. Well, I'm going to try. I don't. Don't promise that because you don't know. You don't even know what you're going to talk about yet. You can't <laughs> promise that it's going to be happy. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I can I can promise to try. I'm not saying I'm going to succeed, but I'll promise mm -hmm. to try. <laughs> Are you having an increase in like video calls and meetings and stuff at the moment? Uh, Is this happening to you? Some, but not as dramatically as I think many are. Mm. It's nonstop for me at the moment. I have two calls today that like I wouldn't have had a month ago. People just keep wanting to talk to me. 
Oh, humble brag, huh? I like no, I like to talk to people, but it's <laughs> the problem is is it's a lot of these calls, the business related ones, not the personal ones, the business related ones. They could completely be solved by an email, mm-hmm. right? Like email is something that exists. We can have communications and conversations via email. That is the thing that we've all understood over time. But now everyone's like, oh, why don't we just hop on a call? And it's like, well, I mean, okay, but like <laughs> that's going to take an hour now. And right. an email, I can just do whenever I want to. So there's a lot more emails, a lot less emails, a lot more video calls. Um, I'm having more video calls with friends that are like recreational and they're great and I love them, but they take a long time. They take like big chunks of time. Uh, you know, like an hour to two hours every time. And I love having these calls. And like, I am actively seeking them out with certain people in my lives. Who oh, I don't. We talk. We have a defined <laughs> time to talk, right? <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, uh, you know, people want that kind of communication. So like, I'm trying to do what I can to give people that kind of communication. But it's a lot of time. I heard... Uh, I was listening to an episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me. This was like a couple of weeks after it happened. And Justin made this reference, like a joke, which I enjoyed, which was like, you know, he's like feeling like, oh, you know, a lot of people set up conference calls with me now, which kind of makes me think that people have got some time that they need to mark off in their timesheets now that they're working from home. So they're just setting up <laughs> conference calls with me. And it definitely feels like that. Like, cause I know that there are some companies that now people are, are working at home, like the management are looking for their time to be kind of cracked, right? Because they, you know, oh, we can't see what they're doing. So we must set up, they must like prove what they were doing in their day, right? And I feel like that I am being affected by other people's requirement to prove that they were working. So more on the business side, I presume you mean, not on the social side. Yes, on the social mm-hmm. side, that's a different thing. The social side, I don't have complaints but I'm just noting the fact that it is taking large amounts of time. And that's really good, except for the fact that like many of my friends have even more abnormal jobs than I do. So they can just talk whenever they want on any day of the week. And I think that even though my job is weird, even amongst our friend circle, my job is a little more normal in that I'm communicating with corporations like a corporation would. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. During work hours and stuff, like things need to be occurring. But most of my friends, their work hours aren't really affected by stuff like that. So they want to set things up during work hours. Anyway, this is a really long winded way of saying I'm doing a lot more video calls and it seems like I can't get away from them. (laughs) Do you want to get away from them? I don't want to get away from the... Okay, so the ones that I want to get away from are the ones where it's not needed. And I've always been this way, right? Because like, I deal with a lot of people that want to talk on the phone unnecessarily because they believe that they have to or someone told them that they need to, right? Like, 
oh, you've just you've started this business relationship together. Hey, let's set up a call. Or like, oh, I'm interested in learning more about what you're doing over there. Let's set up a call. It's like this is not necessary. Or like, we we have a thing that we want to talk to you about, like an idea, like a project that we're trying to pitch to you. Let's set up a call. Like none of this is needed. Like you can just email me, and I like I know why you want to talk on the phone to me because you want to get me to buy into this idea, right? But like, so you don't want to email me because then you don't get to use your sales tactics on me. But I I am just like super burnt out on time right now because yeah. I am also having to work like a billion times harder than usual to keep the engine running, which I know a lot of other people are doing, which is why they want to have these calls anyway, right? Like everyone's working in overdrive, but if you're already in overdrive, like you can't really drive more over. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's 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 been interesting for me um i don't know maybe this is something i should keep to myself but here we are no one listens to this show it's fun yeah it, it, nobody listens it, it's just the two of us um i crave to some degree more social video interactions particularly with you know well i guess i don't know who else it would be but but you know with family and friends particularly the thing i struggle with and it's probably an unreasonable hang-up of mine is and and I'll use you as an example. Like just a few days ago, um, we were chatting back and forth over like iMessage or Slack or something, and and we had both said to each other, you know, we should we should do a FaceTime with the families. And I think both of us were like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And neither of us like made the next move of like scheduling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the thought crossed my mind once or twice afterwards. Like I, I really do have to call Mike and Adina, and and you know, even if it's just for ten minutes with the families to say hi, like we should do that. But I get so, and it's not just you, it's, it's with everyone, it's with even my own family. I get so hung up on like, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, because what have, what have you been up to lately, Casey? Same stuff every day. No, I'll tell you what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about the pandemic because that's all every call is. And, like, yeah. and that's fine, right? Because like we're having this shared experience as a like the human race, right? Like we are having this shared, is that, is that okay to say human race? I think so. I take your point, but I think so. Is that? I I think that's okay to say. I don't know. I don't know if that if that's like the correct term now. But anyway, as people on Earth, we are having <laughs> is, is people on Earth exclusionary to people on the Moon. Like people, <laughs> I also mean people people on the International Space Station. They're included too. Um, we are having this shared experience, which literally nobody alive today with like very minor exceptions has had this the absolute worldwide shared experience right like the last time surely that this has occurred was like world war ii right the last time that everybody on the planet was going through the exact same thing i can't think of anything else right that has affected everyone at the same time yeah i can't no no not since like the spanish flu or like polio or something like that like no not not in most people's lifetimes right so like there have been things yes but of people alive today i don't think that there's many that has affected everybody like everyone's going through the same thing so (laughs) james in the chat room says the finale of game of thrones (laughs) <laughs> i didn't watch game of thrones so yeah same 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 you know and all kidding aside like to quick quickly interject i think there are moments of it like when uh neil armstrong landed on the moon i think that i not having been alive then but i suspect that most of the planet 
was paying attention to that. Right, but this is it though. It's like most, most of the planet. Like, do you think how much you know? Like, how many people in Russia do you think were watching that? I bet a, a ton. I would bet in a, a majority. Do you think that? I mean, but I don't. Could they? I would think, but but here's the thing, though. Let's assume. Do you think? I mean, I don't know this, but do you think that Neil Armstrong walking on the moon on the moon was broadcast on Russian television? I think so. I, I probably am dead wrong, hmm. but I think so. But let's just, let's assume, just for the sake of discussion, let's assume it was, and let's assume literally every like there was some magical ray that they always have in like Bond movies, right, where you can tr- tune every TV in the world to the same channel. Let's assume that happened in 1967, nine, whatever, 1969. Um, and and they all were tuned to Neil Armstrong. You had no choice. Even if that's the case, it happened and that was that. And maybe it lingered for like a day or two, right? And then that was that. Then the world changed and that was that. But this this is still going on. And maybe it's that the world has changed and we don't realize that it's changed forever. Well, no, the world has changed. Like, definitely, we're changing after this. But the point is like, I get your point. Even in that situation, it was one day. Right. This is like, how many days you got? Because it's going to take all of them, you know? And like, that's kind of where we are right now. So this is a long, I guess it's a long-winded way of saying, like, I really enjoy being able to talk to my friends more because it is providing me with a couple of things. Structure, connection, and that kind of stuff. And I just, but the reason that I am kind of, tense and frustrated about video calls is I'm now having more of them so the ones I don't want to do are hurting way more Yeah, (laughs) right like I always have these kinds of calls this is part of my job but now that I'm spending more time doing these types of calls because it's the only way I can talk to people that I care about any call that is not a call that I want to do is is grating on me yeah do you find that my hang up is something you run into so more specifically if you were to get on the phone with a family member or a friend that perhaps you don't typically video chat with but you know perfectly fine it's not like you don't know these people you just don't often like facetime them or what have you do you find that it's a struggle to find something to talk about other than man that pandemic huh i've lent into it at this point yeah because i every call that i'm having and as i say as i've mentioned many times on this episode i'm having increased calls they're all focusing on this, right? Mm. I've had like two hour calls that were meant to be about other things <laughs> where all <laughs> anyone was talking about was coronavirus because it's, it's all we can think about because even if you want to talk about something else, even if you are talking about something else, even if the agenda is about something else, everything is intersecting with it. Yeah. Well, you know, a great example of this is like, well, Mike, what are you watching these days? Well, I've got so much time, can't go anywhere. So this is what I'm, you know, like even that answer has a, a tinge of coronavirus involved with it, right? And Right, because then you start thinking about the television shows that you like, right? You're watching like a show that's like a new series every year. There won't be one next year. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. right. So like every time you start to go down any kind of avenue, you end up there. Because you'd kind of be irresponsible, right? Like, if you want, if you didn't know it, it's like, uh, like... The frustrating thing for me is, not to say I need, like, a freaking game plan when I call my brother or something like that, but I want to be able to say some more to him than, like, so, how about that virus, man, you know? This is the value of, like, games and stuff, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. Like quiz nights and board games and like Jackbox game, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because then you have something else going on. Me and Idina are having frequent, we're having weekly calls with the Thompson family. Mm-hmm. And we're all deep into Animal Crossing. So it's very normal for us to just talk for an hour on Fridays just about Animal Crossing because we have something else going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, you can find a, a shared experience somewhere else about another thing, but having something that is explicitly there to take your mind off it is good. I mean, if you're going to uh if you're going to have a call, don't just go into it like we're going into this call today. <laughs> right? Like that's the problem. Like if you go into any conversation blind right now, you will not get out of it without talking about coronavirus. Like you will not get away from it. Like this is every conversation will trend towards it. If you don't have a plan going in, you're not going to get away from it. Yeah. And which in and of itself is like fine, I guess. But I just feel like, I mean, I, I know if you had called, like if you and Adina or just you had called me or us and we ended up talking about coronavirus for half an hour, like, I, I can tell you I would still value that conversation because it would be great to see you slash you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, like it, on it, if I was the one calling you guys and all we talked about was coronavirus for half an hour, I would feel like, holy crap, did I just waste half an hour of their time talking about the same crap we've all been talking about? It's not wasted, is it? How's it wasted? It, no, it isn't wasted, but I feel like it would it would feel wasteful. You know, mm. does that make like you don't have to agree with me, but does that make sense though? Like I understand where you're coming from. Right, exactly. And so that's why I think I've been a little trigger shy on like calling you or any number of other people, even my own family, because I just I want to have a plan more than, you know, the, uh, let's talk about the virus. And and there's so little else going on in my world right now that you know, I don't have Animal Crossing to turn to. I guess I could, but I don't. You know, I don't have that much to talk about. There's not that much new happening in in Casey's world right now, which is fine, but that makes it hard to have an interesting and in-depth conversation with somebody when you're either retelling old stories that you've told these people a thousand times or you're talking about the virus again. Then I think that the only real kind of way to get past this is that you need to have an agenda or purpose for a call in mind that is agreed. Yeah, by the other people on the call before having it. So, like, you could, if if you don't want to talk about this stuff, but people do want to talk about it though, which is why they are, and we're talking about it right now. <laughs> yes, because we need to, right? We need to get it off our chest. We need to get our thoughts out. There is a catharsis in 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 talking about it, right? Yeah. It's a catharsis that I hope that some people hear when listening to it. I am very aware of the fact that some people can't listen to people talking about it. Sometimes I find it comforting. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a couple of podcasts right now which are more conversational like this that I'm listening to. And they are talking about the pandemic very frequently. And it brings me some comfort. You know what's like that for me is Dubai Friday. Like Dubai Friday... Dubai Friday is like the black pill, right? Like, and that's what they say. Like They, they talk about like sometimes the worst possible outcomes and that can make me feel better i don't know why i will say like like sometimes i have to take a break right like i start maybe start listening for five minutes and i'm like nope i'm not in this right now i'll listen to something else and then the next day is like i want it give it to me <laughs> and just because it's like everything in my life right now like 
it's all dependent on my mental state, my how I'm feeling, right? But like Dubai Friday is an excellent recommendation because it is both taking it seriously and lighthearted at the same time. And I think what I love about Dubai Friday, particularly pre-coronavirus, is like with the ridiculous politics that's been going on in the United States, I, I know I'm not the only one, but a lot of times I feel like I'm the only one in this vast, endless field looking around saying, what the f***? And they're the only ones that, that not, not literally, of course, but it feels like they're the only ones that are joining me in this field saying, what is happening here? You know, And so I feel like it's been really, really nice to hear, if you're in the right mood, and I completely agree with you, Mike, if you're in the right mood, it's been really nice to, be, to hear people say, this is messed up. Like, how is this happening? And that was more about politics than coronavirus, but it's now applying to the coronavirus as well. And so for me, something like Dubai Friday is, it, as you said, Mike, very, very uh, cathartic to, to kind of hear and feel. I'm not the only one. And I know, like, intellectually, I know I'm not the only one, but it's nice to, like, be present in this conversation of people who are like-minded. Even if I can't participate in it, at least I'm present in the conversation of these like-minded people saying, what is going on here? And then when you need to lay down for a moment to uh, take the weight off your brain mm -hmm. a little bit, mm -hmm. if you're going to lay down, you should use a hollow pillow. You should. This episode of Analog well is brought done. to you by Hollow. Well done. Hollow make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. If you've never tried a buckwheat pillow before, let me tell you, it's very different. Supports your head and neck. That's what I love about it. You're going to get great support from a hollow pillow. Buckwheat pillows, they do not collapse like a traditional pillow would. They're not like full of soft stuff. They're full of durable stuff. They're full of stuff that's going to keep some rigidity, but in a nice way, right? Like you're not sleeping on a brick. You're still sleeping on something that will conform to you, but it also gives you support. Hollow stays cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows. Buckwheat breathes better, meaning it doesn't get all warm and humid, which is great. No more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. It's always cool which is awesome. So you can also add or remove the filling to suit your needs. Uh, so your pillow can be just the way that you like it and get just the thickness that you want. People have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for years, and I have been sleeping on one for a year now. I absolutely love my hollow pillow. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not going back, right? One of the things that I love about my pillow is, you know, with like a regular pillow, you kind of like fluff it up by pushing the sides so you get some, like space in the middle that you bring the filling towards the middle, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you lay down, it is going to move back out again. That doesn't happen with the hollow. When you move it to the middle and you put your head on it, that's it. It's in the middle, right? <laughs> like that's where the filling is. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified orga organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US. You can sleep on a hollow pillow for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, you can send it back for a refund. Just go to hollowpillow.com slash analog, and you can try out your own buckwheat pillow. Get it right now. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash analog. If you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off, depending on the size that you opt for. They have fast free shipping on every order. They donate 1% of their profits to the Nature Conservancy. You can give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. If you don't, you send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com slash analog right now. Our thanks to Hollow for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. So kind of in the vein of what we were just talking about, um, there was a blog post from, um, from Matt Van Ormer that I really enjoyed, and he had called it to my attention uh, on Twitter, and he had posted it on April 22nd. And 
it crystallized in my mind a feeling that I think I'd been having subconsciously and I wanted to talk to you about. And the blog post is called Home Isolation, a CPU Heatsink and Prioritizing Mental Health. And it's worth reading the blog post. It's not very long at all. But the um, the kind of TLDR is Matt decided to do something that was kind of frivolous and stupid because he felt like he needed to do something kind of frivolous and stupid to just like feel normal for a minute. And he had called this to my attention because of the conversation I've been having on ATP about my Raspberry Pi and the things I want to do with it. And the TLDR mm-hmm. there is, you know, there are these little teeny computers that are very, very inexpensive. And they're, among other things, they're very good at interfacing with stuff in the real world, like switches or LEDs or relays or things of that nature. And um, on ATP, I had discussed like this completely Rube Goldberg convoluted way to solve a problem that I could probably solve with an off the shelf object for like 50 to a hundred dollars. Is this your garage door thing? Yeah. My garage door. So basically okay. I want to, I wanted to have a light in my bedroom that is on only when the garage door is open and there exist things you can get to do this or other mechanisms to solve this problem. And this is very easy to do with just two pieces of like internet of things stuff. Right. Exactly. But yeah. I was petulantly refusing to do it that way and remain that way. Um, because I feel like, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it until this blog post, but I just, I feel like, I, I feel like I just needed something to focus my energy on other than stressing out about everything around me. And, and Matt's blog post, I think really crystallized that thought in my mind. And, and so even though I am deeply concerned about everything going on around us, I'm very concerned about my, my own family's financial future. And, and I don't want to talk about it further than that, but I'm worried about it. I, at the same time, I spent like a hundred bucks on raspberry Pis and associated paraphernalia and equipment to do this project, this project that I could have solved for less than a hundred dollars and one tenth the time and one one hundredth the work. But I just feel like I need an outlet for this like fiddly energy, an outlet that I'm not get I'm not getting that feeling from vignette, which I've started working on again. I'm not getting it from peak of view, which I've somewhat put aside for now. I I just I feel like I need it somewhere else. And these Raspberry Pi adventures, I think, are helping keep me kind of sane. And I don't I I I know that that's a very loaded term and I and I hope I'm not uh, abusing it, but I, I just I feel like I need that energy to escape in a tangible way. And maybe for you, the listener, or you, Mike, maybe that energy comes from rewatching a show that you love. Maybe it comes from building Lego. Maybe it comes from playing Animal Crossing. Actually, is a great example that I just thought of. It is the example. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. But I just I feel like I, because I haven't yet turned to Animal Crossing, and who knows, maybe I'll fold and and maybe I will get it. But um, but I I needed somewhere for this energy to go. And you know, James in the chat, friend of the show, James is saying, well, that's why he started on dice. You know, and it was just this fiddly energy that you need to put somewhere. And maybe it's in something that's very similar to your day-to-day job. Like, you know, Dice is an, is well, I was going to say it's an iOS app, but I think it's freaking everywhere now. Um, you know, Dice is an app and James's normal day-to-day is an app, but it's a different app and it scratches different itches and works in different ways. And, you know, Vignette and Peak of You are very, very different apps, but I was finding that they weren't scratching this itch the way I needed it scratched. And even though a lot of the work I'm doing on this Raspberry Pi is actually software, it's in a different language and it's on a different platform. And, and it's just, it's giving me an outlet to just get this energy out. And I, I don't know what my advice here is. I don't know what I'm doing other than just making an observation, but I, I feel like 
concentrating on this has done me a real service by preventing me from concentrating on the things that I should not be concentrating on. Because frankly, I just can't change them. Finding a hobby is really good. You know, like whatever it is, like Animal Crossing is my thing right now. I've spent, I've poured, you know, I pour hours a day into it and that keeps me on an even queue. I think it's something nice to do, but I know I'm very aware that like, that's going to dwindle off over time. It's, you know, there's only so much to do in the video game, but I still think that I'm I'm not even halfway through the time that I've spent with this game. And it's been out for eight weeks now, you know, like, and, and I'm still enjoying playing it every single day for a couple of hours or whatever. But if I wasn't doing this, it would be something else. And I, I think it's important, you know. I don't even think that it's the element of like, oh, you got more time. So of course, like that is a benefit we have more time but we do need things that are important really to just us as a way to give us something that we can control uh something that yes. we can enjoy um and and something that can help us take our mind off like it is important right now to be informed even me as a person who doesn't like to read the news right like i'm trying my best to stay informed because things are changing every single day right like the the rules the, the things that we should be thinking about the things that we should then but you can't sit and read the news all the time because you can't do anything about it you cannot do anything about it the only thing that you can do is follow the rules and do what you think is right and try your best to protect yourself and other people around you but that's all you can do like unless you are you know, working in the medical field, like unless you are protecting people or unless you are cr trying to research into vaccinations and stuff like that, like you can't do anything. So don't try to plug yourself into the fire hose and just like constantly stress over things that you cannot have any bearing over. Yeah. So you feel like Animal Crossing is this for you, at least for now? Oh, hell yeah. It's so good. <laughs> you know, I have this little island and everyone's super nice on it. Sometimes they sneeze and that makes me feel terrified. Do <laughs> uh, you get this? Like watching things on TV and like you see people do things and now it just seems so bananas that they would do it. Have you come across this yet? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I know of what you speak, although I don't think I have gotten to the point that I have that same awareness and like that same <gasps> other than people just I guess people being at restaurants and big gatherings. I'm like, whoa, but, you know, handshaking and sneezing, that doesn't really even register to me, generally speaking. No, I'm spotting it. And it's like, oh, don't do that. But yeah, it's like it's this this nice little calm thing, which I can spend some time in and. I mean, it's especially nice for me because it's something that both me and Nadina are doing together. Yeah. You know, I think it's rare that we find a game that we can both really get involved in. Like the last one before this was Stardew. Very similar games. But that's nice, you know? Yeah. I just, I feel like if you, the listener, haven't found some some outlet for this energy, you know, which I hadn't until very recently... I feel like having this outlet, at least for now, has been very helpful for me. And maybe for you, mm -hmm. listener, it'll be different. But, and, and it's tough because I don't know if it's the sort of thing where you can just like will this outlet into existence. You know what I mean? You just kind of have to be aware of it and kind of look around for it and see if it pops up. Um, 
but it has been very, very helpful for me to have this outlet and this and, and a place for this energy to go other than just refreshing the news every five minutes and getting ever more upset. I don't know. It's just tough. And I mean, maybe there's other ways of doing it too. Like something I've been considering is I feel like Aaron and I should either rewatch a series that we really and truly love, a happy, you know, comedy series, or perhaps embark on one that we've not seen. Like, for example, we have not seen The Office, and it's certainly, from what I understand, it's fairly timeless. Oh, do it. And so we're thinking about maybe doing that. You know, I, I've been really, I'm on the verge of rewatching Scrubs again. I've watched it once, in, you know, piecemeal. Then Aaron and I did it like six months or a year ago. We did it straight, you know, from episode one through the end of whatever the season was where it should have ended but didn't. And um, and I love that show. Scrubs is possibly my favorite comedy of all time. I almost wonder if I need that comfort in my life. You know what I mean? And Aaron has explained to me that she is willing to go on that trek if necessary, but would much rather watch something new. So maybe we'll do the office or something like that. Or maybe I'll just do scrubs, you know, like in bed. Uh, you know, oftentimes she'll go, go to sleep a little bit before me, even though we're in bed together. And maybe I'll just pop in an AirPod and do scrubs piecemeal or something like that. But I don't know. I feel like in addition to the pie and all that, you know, adventuring I'm doing there, I feel like I, I, I could stand to have a really positive turn your brain off kind of outlet, you know, cause the pie is a turn your brain on kind of outlet. And I feel like I'm also somewhat yearning for a turn the brain off kind of outlet as well. TV shows are good for that. Indeed. They certainly are. And as are our recommendations, which we'll do mm-hmm. after this break, because we thank our fire. friends from Pingdom, uh, <laughs> the, we love Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you, when you've been listening to this show, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy now button, access your content? These things are super important and you don't want to stumble across them by luck. That's no good. You want a system and that's where you need Pingdom. You need something to tell you when everything is running smoothly on your website and more importantly, when it isn't. Pingdom detect around 13 million outages a month and they help keep the sites that you love online. doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you want alerts about critical website issues. They'll let you know uh, how you're alerted. You can customize that too, depending on the severity of an outage. So, you know, if something really bad happens, alert everyone in the company. If something minor happens, alert this person who's responsible for it, that kind of thing. It's really great. Plus, they will track and analyze your website's load times. So to give you a report so you can see what's affecting the user experience of your website. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And if you think you don't, just go try it anyway. They have a no-fuss approach to get started. They just want the URL that you want to monitor. They take care of everything else, and you get a 14-day free trial so you can see exactly why Pingdom will be right for you. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now. That 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout, and you'll get a massive 30% off your first invoice. A thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Uh, I have been holding on to a recommendation for a while because I've had stuff that keeps popping in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to recommend a Netflix series called Cheer. Mm, this was a Dubai Friday challenge? Or no, no, maybe this was Rec Diffs. I feel like Merlin talked about this somewhere that I've listened to. Yeah, um, but this is this is a very, very, very good documentary. Uh, it's like a one-season documentary that follows a uh, cheerleading team, like one of the best. It's like Navarro. Is, 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 I think it's Navarro State College or Navarro College in hmm. Texas somewhere, I believe. And they are known, uh, Corsicana in Texas. They are like <laughs> known. What's, what did I do? What was funny about that? Well, because of course it's in Texas because Texas is known for cheerleading. 
in football and and that sort of thing. Well, this is well, this is one of the reasons why. It's because like they have two of America's best cheerleading school like schools for cheerleading. Mm-hmm. This is one of them, and there's another one down the road, and they're like fierce rivals, and they trade off the championships between each other, basically. Um, and this follows one year, right? So the way that it works is like cheerleading isn't like a, a sport that people can really do after college right that there are you can do it from in the way that the way that i understand it in the way that it's done here right like there are there are ways to do this type of stuff as as you get older in kind of more like exhibitions but like as a career there aren't really many people doing it mm-hmm. as you see on the show things are changing now in the world of influencers like it's there are there's like a different way that you can make cheerleading kind of like a part of your to make it like basically the way that you make money but it comes from being popular as a cheerleader and using that as a platform to help launch other things right mm-hmm. the way that many things are these days but nevertheless like really and what i'm talking about is like there is like a competition at the end of the year that's what you focus on for an entire year right that's what it's all about in like collegiate cheerleading and you follow this one class through the course of a year as they prepare for the final like competition. And it's one routine that you're judged on. That's all you do. You do one routine. Good grief. It's incredible. So you follow the group, you follow the coaches, um, you see kind of like their backstories, you get the ups and downs it's real life so there's lots of drama in it right bad things happen to people good things happen to people um it's really like a very very gripping very emotional uh, really very good documentary about something i had no idea about um but f- was very very invested in by the end so like i i really really recommend cheer it's excellent like really very very good documentary um, I hope they make another series, but I feel like it's one of those things where they probably captured lightning in a bottle for this year, and as another year may not be the same. It's like you know, I've been thinking about Drive to Survive, right? I was going to say that. Yep. What is season three? <laughs> yep. Right. Like, what is the season for this year? Like, do they even do one? I mean, you could get a couple of episodes for sure, right? Like, as you know, like that you talk about the way that coronavirus has like ripped its way through the like you you got a couple of episodes in there, but if there are no racists this year, like I don't know what season three will look like. Maybe they just push it out a bit and like do it over a two year period, right? Where like they have a couple of episodes that was about the canceled twenty twenty season and then launch into the twenty twenty one season. You know, yeah, that's I mean that's if I was making the show, that's what I would do. But like you know that they've got footage from the Australian Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. there will still be interesting stuff in that. Plus there was all this like there was like a bunch of politics around Ferrari um before the season began. So they definitely have a couple of episodes you would expect. But if there's no season, I don't know you can make a full season. But anyway, what I'm saying is like lightning in a bottle type stuff. Uh they they definitely captured that and ended up with like the perfect story told over this one year. So I I recommend it. It's very, very good. I have heard other recommendations, particularly Merlin and John, I think it was. So maybe I'll have to try that. Would you say it's, without getting into spoilers, is it happy enough or is it fairly depressing? 
I wouldn't say it's depressing. It's I find it inspiring. Okay. Okay. Reconcilable Differences, episode 125. There we go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, and, and I think 124 as well. Both both episodes covered cover you. For me, uh, I have been living for Sunday nights for the last three weeks and the next two, I believe I have that right. Um, there's been a documentary series, a sports documentary series, which is not usually something you would find me too keen on, although Drive to Survive is an example of one I was keen on. Uh, there's been a sports documentary series called The Last Dance, and it's about when the Chicago Bulls basketball team in the late 90s were going to try to win their second, they, they were trying to do for the second time three back-to-back championships. So in the early 90s, they won three back-to-back, then they had lost for a couple of years, and then they tried to do a second three-peat. So they had, or at the at the beginning of the documentary series, you know, they've they've won back-to-back again. So they did three, gap, two, and they're trying to go for three gap three. And it follows mostly Michael Jordan, but really the entire, you know, Chicago Bulls um, through the it, the championships that they won, and, and particularly Michael Jordan through his entire life. And it's the last dance because at the beginning of the season, for reasons I'm still not entirely under, the, the beginning of the basketball season, for reasons I still don't entirely understand, the Bulls had announced, like, we're basically going to gut this team and send them all, you know, scattered in the wind. So they knew going into the season that this was it. And they also got convinced by uh, some of the participants in this documentary and in, in, in the NBA, let's follow you around with a camp with a bunch of cameras and capture this, this season, because this could be something special. And guess what? Spoiler alert. It was something special. And they did end up winning. Was nothing done with this footage until now? Nope. It sat in a vault for okay. 20 years. A lot. I mean, not all of it, but a lot of it, a lot of it is, is brand new. And it is phenomenal. It is so good. Now, you have to understand for context, however, that when I was moving around the country as a young lad and you know, my dad was, was bringing the family around the country every couple of years, we arrived in, in the Chicago area after the Bulls had won their very first championship. This was like 92, 93, something like that. And I watched them because I was also getting into basketball anyway at this point. And I watched them win their first back-to-back championship. And then I watched it continue to the three-peat. And I basically watched the Bulls during, this is like the stretch of time that I was paying attention to the NBA. And then when Jordan retired, we had moved away. And I kind of just stopped paying attention after that. And I haven't really paid attention since. But because of that, this is not only tickling like the sports part of me, it's it's exciting the um the the bowls part of me, but it's also exciting the nostalgia part of me. And so this is just like made for me through and through. Um it is 10 one hour episodes. Uh it is with expletives, even though it's airing at not a terribly late hour on ESPN. Um, but you'll hear F words and and plenty of other things in it, which I don't mind, but is surprising to see on ESPN. Um, it is phenomenally, phenomenally good. And it does an incredible job of balancing, like, we're going to tell the backstory of how you get here or how we got here. You know, we're going to tell about what happened at this moment and, and to some degree how it impacted the future. Um, I, it's, I, I don't know if I can really make a judgment as to whether like you would like it, Mike, you know, as someone who I don't think has ever paid that terribly much attention to basketball. Well, I, I had a phase when I was a younger boy, but uh, yeah, this is what I was going to ask you. Like, I know this is a joint production between espn and netflix mm-hmm. and i wondered if they give enough context because like drive to survive gives context and i wonder like if i don't know anything about this am i going to understand what's going on 
I think so, yes. Um, I think at most they might have assumed, well, no, they did talk about it. I was going to say that they assume, like, you heard the general, the, the three-sentence version of Jordan's story. You know, he got cut from his high school basketball team. He ends up going to UNC. They win the national championship, goes to the Bulls, and the Bulls dominate until he retires. Then he has, you know, the mm-hmm. brief stint in baseball, and then he comes back to basketball for a little bit, and it was never quite as good. That's basically Michael Jordan in a nutshell. And there was that time when he faced the Monstars, right? Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. That's in the canon. <laughs> it is in the canon. Um, okay, good. We actually haven't gotten to Space Jam really in this, which is a great movie. And we watched that recently with, with Declan, and he he quite liked it. But um, in any case, uh, I think you would enjoy it. I do think they have enough context. You probably would not leave it saying, oh, my God, that was phenomenal in the same way that I am, just because you don't have right. that that connection to it like I do. But I think uh, if you're someone who is even vaguely into basketball or vaguely into sports documentaries or vaguely into Michael Jordan, I think you at least have a decent shot of enjoying it. And I think the first episode will give you enough to tell you whether or not you should continue. Um, To the best of my knowledge, it is airing on Netflix, to your point, Mike. It's airing on Netflix uh, outside of the United States. It's airing on ESPN here. Um, And and it it is just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly good. And they air, like I said, on Sunday nights from 9 to 10 and 10 to 11. They do two episodes every week. And I have been just absolutely gobbling them up. They are so incredibly good. And I, I cannot recommend at least giving it a shot enough. All right. I mean, it's on Netflix here. It's also on my Plex for you, but that doesn't help the listeners. But I have a Netflix account. I know like, what you're saying. You know, I may as well just use the Netflix account. I might, I'll put it on the list. You should give the first episode a shot. Like, I'm not asking you to dedicate 10 hours to it. But I think by the end of that first episode, you're either going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, mm, nope, no thanks. This actually brings up a slight corollary that um, I, I thought maybe I could talk to you about. I have realized that there's a word to describe my kind of obsession, kind of compulsion to collect media. Um, this was in, in at least in part influenced by the conversation that you and uh, Jason had about his media woes and this week's upgrade, which for me particularly, again, like something aimed directly at Casey was this, was that portion of this? It, no, that was that, that, that portion of upgrade was for you. Yep. No, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And, and it, I really enjoy it. Well, I didn't enjoy it in the sense that I felt for, for Jason so badly, but I enjoyed it in that it was aimed directly at me, but you know, when Jason was described, so in short, short version there is, you know, Jason has a Drobo, which is very similar to my Synology, not the same, but similar. And he had a catastrophic failure, thought he lost all his data, screamed many expletives, almost cried in the same way I did, um, and eventually was able to get all of his data back as I have as well, thankfully. Um, but there was, you know, a few days of panic and utter, you know, misery, really. And as he was describing this and how he didn't really want to have to, like, re-rip his entire DVD and Blu-ray collection and all that... I was thinking about how for The Last Dance, what I've been doing is using a really great app called Channels that if you have the correct hardware in your house, will let you, you know, uh, record terrestrial TV. And in certain circumstances, if you have a cable provider, it'll let you record TV as it airs over the Internet. So like it, it will record the ESPN live broadcast of the show. And that's what I've been doing. And the thing is, it records it, you know, with commercials and with things that like that I don't want in the final version. Like they have this really silly like um, segue where they like deep fake um, like a a host from ESPN in the 90s having him like introduce this thing. And it's it's just cheesy and gross. Why do they do that? I don't know. But 
it, it has gotten to the point that what I've done is I've taken this raw footage as channels has deposited it on my Synology and I've actually sucked it into Final Cut Pro to trim and tweak and do exactly what I want to it to get the exact version of these files that I want coming out the other side to get sent to Plex. And as I'm doing this, it occurred to me, one, I have a problem. And two, it occurred to me that this wait, is... Be- wait, it's only just occurred to you? <laughs> Fine. Well, there's that. Um, but no, what I was going to say is it occurred to me that this is a, this is a hobby. Like, I never... Yes. I don't know that I would have described it that way previously, but this is legitimately a hobby. In the same way that you might have vinyl or baseball cards or something else, I don't collect all media. I don't collect everything. But the things that I have, I want to be just right. I want to have uh, chapters in concert films. I want to have my metadata organized and stacked exactly the right way. It's, it's, it's a legitimate hobby. And the fact that I didn't just dump these recordings onto Plex commercials and all, and it's not just the commercials, it's everything. Um, but even like an example, the, 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 when the deep fake was that I cut out, when that was coming back, it, it, the the audio kind of bled a little bit. For, there was like a cross between where the video ended and the audio ended. So I needed more audio, but I wanted to take out the video. So I actually like crossfaded the audio in Final Cut Pro because I wanted it to be just right. And you know, I didn't want you to hear that little as it clicked from one audio to another, you mm-hmm. know? And it's it's this level of detail that no other human being on the planet, <laughs> not literally, of course, but you know, effectively no one else cares about. But I care, darn it. I care. And I want uh-huh. it to be just right. And it occurred to me between that and listening to Jason this week, and, and you 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 asking Jason about, you know, why this or why not that, it occurred to me this is legitimately a hobby, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I need to I, I or maybe not need, but I, I think perhaps I should reevaluate the way I look at these these hoarder kind of tendencies that I have when it comes to media. And just I think I should self-describe it as it's a hobby. I collect certain kinds of media and and I'm and I value it quite a bit. And I'm proud of the collection I have, as silly as that may sound. I think it is valuable to frame it that way. Because yeah. it makes it worthwhile like while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Right? Because it's just like really, honestly, like it's the, the you know, most of the collection is not you don't need to have done any of this. No, absolutely know? not. Absolutely not. Especially things that you can get on streaming services mm-hmm. that you pay for already. Yep. Um, like you don't also need to be cataloging this stuff. Completely agree. Although, as I said on Upgrade, like I did lose internet for a couple of days this week and was really aware of the fact that I don't have any media. So that's like a thing. I don't know what to do about that or if I'm going to do anything about that, but it was just something that I recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but saying that like you do it because you enjoy it and it's uh, like a hobby and it's a collection like that makes a little more sense framing it that way i think yeah rather than like i no, don't you understand i need this <laughs> you're you're totally right you're a hundred percent right and uh, so much of this stuff like you know in the in in the midst of my cat- catastrophic failure i when it, when i was able to get everything back to the point that i knew it would work probably long enough to make some selective backups, even if it didn't work long enough to make a complete mirror of what I had. And I started going through like, okay, what are the things that I really, really would be devastated if I lost? And there isn't really that much. 
Like there, there isn't that much that I couldn't put back together with streaming or by purchasing Blu-rays or DVDs or whatever the case may be. There isn't that much I would lose, but some things I would legitimately, legitimately lose and would make me miserable. So like a great example of this, uh, speaking of depressing topics is when the, um, the white nationalists marched on Charlottesville, Virginia in like 2016, I think, man, this is a, this is a, like this is a great episode. I do not know where you are going with this one, but like we are entering uncharted territory. Hear me out. What does Casey want to keep? Let's find yeah, out. Hear me out. After this break, uh, <laughs> I like, no, go, no, go on, go on, go on, carry on. Carry on. Oh, I thought you were going to commit. I thought you were going to commit. Um, yeah. So, so when that, happened it was a terrible awful thing a, a, a young woman died because of it and uh dave matthews who is from charlottesville uh he and the band organized this like six or eight hour like concert festival where they were just doing something nice for charlottesville raising money for some charities local charities and so on and so forth and they aired it live you know they aired the video live as was happening to my knowledge I have not been able to find any other recordings of the entire thing in its entirety. I've been able to find like this concert by, um, by Coldplay. I've been able to find the Dave Matthews section. And so I could presumably put it all together, but like to the best of my knowledge, I am the only human on the planet that has the entire recording start to finish. I'm sure that's not literally true, but like I've looked on, I've looked across the internet and I could not find another copy of the entire, I think it's like six and a half hour broadcast. Are you paying this kind of stuff forward? That's an excellent question I've, I've thought about a lot. If you believe that you're the only person that has this and you benefit from getting this stuff from other people, like, should you not be sharing it somehow? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't do any of this stuff, like genuinely. It's it's a completely fair question, and I don't have a good answer for it. And I've thought about uploading this six-hour thing to YouTube. Like, why not? And the reason I'm trigger shy about it is because there's so much copyright questionable stuff here. YouTube is not the right avenue for something like this. Exactly. But I'm not sure what the right avenue is. And so, like... Well, how do you usually get this stuff? A lot of it I'm recording as it happens. So like in that case, I was... No, but that's not true though for everything. Not everything, but a lot of it. Right. Maybe you need to start your own like TV station. So. <laughs> Something like that, right? No, but like for The Last Dance, I recorded as it happens. For that concert, I recorded it as it happened. And that it's you just have to be aware of it happening and then record it. You know, it's it's not technically that challenging but you have to be aware of it but then of course i do all the post-processing and you know tweaking this and that and the other thing and i have thought about like well how can i pay this forward and i don't have a good answer like um on rare occasions when somebody has said like oh you mentioned this and i would really really love a copy um i have on occasion acquiesced and been like okay here's a here's a link where you can download it listeners please do not take that as an invitation i really don't want to turn into like a nouveau napster or anything like that that is not my plan um but you know on occasion when somebody's been like oh my god i'm the biggest such and such fan in the world and i and you had mentioned that you have such and such concert you know is there any way i can get a copy of it and on occasion i've been like yeah yeah, yeah sure just just use this link please don't send it to anyone and by the way that link expires in 24 hours so make it quick you know <laughs> but um but yeah i mean i don't know I, it's a great question if i had if you listeners if you have a good idea for a place that i could put like a 10 gigabyte six hour concert film that's not going to get me in trouble that is that it's not going to tick off the people that are in the film like tell me i'd love to know put too many qualifiers on it at the end there well but that's the thing like because that's no one can know that part well 
But okay, but even even without knowing those parts, like is archive.org the right answer? I don't even know. Like, I don't know where to put this. I mean, I could dump it on Vimeo and hope it kind of goes unnoticed, but still, it just I just don't know what the right answer is. Isn't it like BitTorrent Usenet? Like, I hear these words used. Yeah, maybe. But then you have to host it, though, right? Right. Well, not for Usenet. I would have to post it. Um, for BitTorrent, I would. Yeah, I would have to seed it for a while. Which I mean, maybe that's the right answer. It's not that. I don't. It's not like I don't feel like I'm hipstery in that I I want to be the only one. Like I am kind of proud that I'm the only one. But I, but it's it sucks that they're, they're, these these concerts were incredible. Like Justin Timberlake did a phenomenal set at this concert. Uh, Stevie Wonder guested with Dave Matthews Band. Um, uh, who else? I forget who else was on this concert. The Coldplay set was just Chris Martin and their guitarist whose name escapes me, and it was really really good. And so it sucks that the only place that this thing exists in its entirety is on what possibly is on my Synology. Like, I don't like that, but I just don't know where to put it. You know what I'll I can do? shouldn't put it. I, you took <laughs> no, it from me. You took it you from me. Put it. <laughs> put on Squarespace. Uh, this episode of Analog is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project with a unique domain name, award-winning templates available, and so much more. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace has all of the tools to do it. They are the all-in-one platform that will let you put your next project, your next idea online. You can integrate blog functionality, store functionality, and so much more. They have all of these like really, I wouldn't say plugins, but like they have easy like little blocks that you can drop in, which have different functionalities all built into the platform, you know, to install, patch or upgrade anything. It's all right there. Anything you're going to need when building your website, Squarespace have it. And if you need any help, they have a 24-7 customer support team on hand to help you with anything. They also have great guides and support documentation that I've used in the past. It's really awesome. You know, whether you're setting up a site for your uh, next creative outlet, maybe for a community group, um, you know, maybe for an event when you can have an event in the future, like Squarespace can allow you to do all of that really, really easily. Um, And one of the things that I love about Squarespace is you don't have to spend... When you have an idea of something you get out in the world, you, you want to get it out there, right? That's the point. It's the excitement of it. And you don't want to get bogged down in having to set up a website from scratch. Just go to squarespace.com slash analog, sign up for their trial, and tinker around. Within a very short period of time, you will have a website that you'd be happy to publish to the world. I am very sure of that. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain by using the offer code analog at checkout. And you'll also be showing your support for this show. The squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog to get 10% off your first purchase. And thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I have a bone to pick of you. Oh, no. I, I'm fragile. I'm fragile, Mike. You mentioned something like in passing just now, and it's a thing that keeps coming up on uh, ATP, and you won't talk about it, so I'm going to try and get out of you. I want to talk about iCloud Photo Library. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, but we can talk about it. Why don't you use iCloud Photo Library? Uh, so... Mm. What is stopping you? Uh, now nothing other than laziness up until a couple of months ago, I feel like I had a pretty legitimate problem. So, um, let, let me set a little bit of context. The way I manage my photos is once a month, I, I will take one of our phones. You know, I do like on the beginning of the month, I'll do Aaron's phone at the middle of the month. I'll do my phone. Uh, once a month, I'll take one of our phones and I will use photos to grab all of the, I will, I will create a brand new photos library. 
I will take and import all of the pictures on that phone. I will then immediately export all of the pictures from that library onto the file system. And then I will run a bespoke Swift command line app that I wrote for myself that will look at all the photos and videos and file them away in a certain filing system on the Synology. So there's folders for every year, there's folders for every month, and then in there, all of the files get renamed to like 2020-05-05-12 you know, 12 colon 12 colon 30. So 12, 12, and 30 <laughs> seconds or something like that. Now, the, way, the reason I like this is because if I need to find a photo, as long as I know approximately when it's been taken, it is extremely, extremely quick to find. Extremely quick to find. Yeah. No one's, like, disputing any of this. Right. Well, so here's the thing. My photo library is somewhere around a terabyte. I can look if you really want a specific number, but it's somewhere, somewhere around a, a terabyte, and it sits on the Synology. Up until I got my iMac Pro, the biggest hard drive in the house, on a computer, that is, was a terabyte. And photo, uh, iCloud Photo Library and photos particularly, as far as I am aware, really, really doesn't like having the photo library on a, on a network drive. You can put it on a physical uh, hard drive connected to your computer, like a USB drive or something like that. But it really doesn't like being on a network drive. And up until right. I got the iMac Pro, I didn't have the space. Like this thing has... Right, I think, but you don't need a sp the space. Well, but I, at some point, I need, if I want to really embrace iCloud Photo Library, I need to get that one terabyte of existing photos into iCloud Photo Library, which means that one terabyte of existing photos needs to be on a computer somewhere, or alternatively, on an external drive connected to a computer somewhere. Well, no, no but it doesn't need to be that way, because you could just upload it in batches. I'm, I, okay, I guess, but do you want to spend that time? Do you want to spend that time doing a decade's worth of photos and batches? No, but it's not going to, like, you just cut it into four chunks. Eh, I mean, I, I take your point, but I just did not have, because w what problem was that solving for me? You had an online backup of your photos. Well, and I do, I do use Google Photos for anything that's taken on the, on the um, iPhones, but it's, to, but to be fair, it does not back up anything from the big camera. As it turns out, I now have back, I now, as of literally yesterday, have the entirety of the Synology on Backblaze. So I well, actually in two places, really, I have the entirety of the Synology on an external hard drive that is now, as of yesterday, it finally completed, got up, it got backed up to Backblaze. How do you get the photos on your iOS devices? And if it's anything over a month old, I would use Google Photos or I would have to log into the Synology. But I don't do that very often, to be honest with you. It does happen for sure, right. but it's not that often. Now, with that mm. said, now that I have the iMac Pro that has a four terabyte SSD, I believe, and that has most of that space free, I don't have any reason not to do it. I just haven't done it yet. That's all. And, and I have no good excuses other than that. Like, I, I just haven't. It's been momentum that's kept me from doing it. At this point, I am out of reasons not to do it. I do defend my choices prior to getting the iMac Pro. I mean, I, I guess I could have gotten like, a, you know, a big external hard drive. But, you know, I'm cheap. I'm cheap for sometimes good reasons, sometimes bad reasons. But like this, it's an argument of like not even needing to put everything in there anyway. I don't have all of my photos in my iCloud photo library. Like I, like there's, there's like photos that are older than like eight years. I just have them in Dropbox. Like that's just where they are. I just never bothered to upload them because I don't need them. But like the last eight years of photos are available to me wherever I need them on any device now because every time I'm taking them, they're just going into my iCloud photo library. Sure. Like, 
I don't, th- I, you know, I know lots of people put everything in there. I don't think you have to have everything in there unless you want access to everything all the time. Well, and that's the thing is if I'm going to do this, I might as well just go all in. Right. Well, then go all in. Well, now, like I said, now I have no excuse. $10 a month, two terabytes of uh, iCloud space. Oh, and that, actually, that's the other thing. I think, I don't remember where, when it flipped from one terabyte to two, but like I have darn near a terabyte. I might have like 980 some gigs or something like that. I would expect that, you know, you will find like you were fine oh probably but but my point being like at the time i didn't have a terabyte of free hard drive space i didn't have a terabyte external that i could stick on my pre-pro imac i don't think that icloud photo library accepted more than a terabyte or so they said at the time and so for a lot of reasons i just never bothered plus and you tell me but i had thought that people were still complaining in certain circumstances about going to like load the photo picker on ios and waiting literally a minute or two as it's trying to load the photo picker oh i have all of my photos downloaded on my iPhone because I have a big iPhone. See, and, uh, I don't love the idea of that. And plus, I don't have a, a iPhone that's a terabyte, you know? So, uh, and that's also made me a little nervous. But I guess I could always just turn it off. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I, I don't, I uh, maybe people have said that. I've never heard that complaint. I've heard enough of it that I believe it to be a problem. I'm not saying it's a problem for everyone. I'm just saying... I've heard enough of it that I think it does exist and is a legitimate problem for some people. But like I said, at this point, I really don't have any excuse. And on my to-do list is to get on iCloud Photo Library. The other thing I haven't done yet, which is going to really tick you off, is we're still not on a uh, family plan between Aaron and me. It's She is logged into my iTunes store mm. account and, and logged into nothing else of mine. And I know that I need to change that. And again, early on, people were saying, oh, it's no good. It's no good. It's no good. And then over time, people have said, no, 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 you're good. And so actually in my podcast queue that I still haven't listened to yet because I'm behind on everything is the episode of MPU from like a month ago where where um, uh, Stephen and, and, and Sparky went through and talked about uh, family sharing in iCloud because I also need to get on that bandwagon too. You just got to do that. Like the family plan stuff is is so good. Like I'm so happy we moved to it. But what because problem it's just is like, it solving that 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 I'm running up against right now? All of our purchases are shared between us. But that's already the case now, as far as apps go, and we don't buy stuff from iTunes, right? But it's so like so the, the the thing for you here is like it just over time becomes more and more of a problem. Like that, yes, you can live the way that you are living right now with both of you sharing one account, but over time. The iCloud account becomes more important, and Erin not having her own account will start to just introduce more and more issues as time goes on, because you're just sharing everything. Well, no, no, she has her own iCloud account, but she does not have her own App Store account. Or, well, if she does, she doesn't use it. But Apple definitely doesn't want that to be the case. So, like, I expect over time that stuff is going to get more and more complex. So it's I find with these things, if there is an option which is as good, you should just take it. Like you, the only thing you lose is in-app purchases, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not arguing with you on either of these points. I completely agree with you. And also, you have a family. It's not just the two of you. Yeah. And eventually the kids mm-hmm. will have their own devices and you will want to get them on that plan. So you're going to need it. I completely agree. Because you're not all going to be logged into your account. <laughs> no, no, That'll no, be no, a no, nightmare no. for you. So, like, for stuff like that, I recommend. And, like, typically it's best to do these things before you have to do them. Yeah, I agree. Because when you have to do them, 
a problem has occurred. I completely agree. And right. So so my project for right now, other than the Raspberry Pi stuff, uh, for reasons that are not terribly interesting, but I am happy to talk about, I'm going through the Synology and trying to get rid of things from literally five plus years ago that I know I will never need anymore. So like as an example, um, I still had my Microsoft Outlook PST files, which are like in my archives of all my email from my next to last jobby job. And those got deleted last night. Um, and so I'm trying to go through the Synology and clean up a bunch of stuff that I really just don't need anymore. And I never will need again, uh, stuff that at the time I just put away cause yeah, you never know. But now, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven years on, I just really don't need this stuff anymore. And so I'm, in the evenings as we're watching TV, I've been going through the Synology and kind of, you know, culling and getting rid of the stuff I don't need. And I think after that project is done, um, which is a little more urgent than, then I think I'll start moving on to like iCloud Photo Library, which is probably the next on the list, and then family sharing. I am so happy that I am not a digital hoarder, like most of my friends seem to be. You know, I, and I heard you say that on Upgrade, and I, I first of all, I believe it. Second of all, I think that this is probably the right way for you, and, and I hope that doesn't come across as mean. I don't, I don't intend it to at all. Um, mm-hmm. I do like it, but I like it for reasons that, I don't think most people would like it for. So I like knowing that at any moment I can get to, you know, this concert that I love so much or this movie that I love so much. And I like knowing that I can very quickly and very easily download any of these pieces of media onto one of my iOS devices and not have to worry about playing it within the next two weeks or whether I've hit some arbitrary limit because DRM or something like that. Like these files are mine and I can do whatever I want with them. If I want to cut like 15 seconds out of a movie, like say I notice a uh, split diopter or whatever it is that Todd Vaziri loves so much and I want to send it to Todd on Twitter, I can grab the source file and chop those 10 seconds out of it and tweet it. Like I can do that. It's it's easy peasy. Um, I like knowing that if I don't have internet, like whatever, I got almost all my media sitting there ready and waiting. It doesn't matter. Mm. But to be fair... These are things that no average person cares about much or maybe even thinks about much less cares about. And yeah, there is some stress in keeping all of this alive. But I think what you're what you're hearing right now is Jason and I, by crummy circumstance, having different but similar crummy experiences at about the same time. But if you think about it, he's has it, had his Drobo for like 10 years. I've had the Synology since the, like the middle of 2013, maybe late 2013. And yes, some drives have failed here and there, but it's always been fine. It's just this one particular time, there was a particular problem that caused a a near catastrophe. But in seven years, it run literally nonstop for seven years without any particular problem. And so, yes, I understand what you're saying. And right now I'm feeling a little shaken. I'm shook. I'm shook. Um, But but no, I, I, I think all in all, Certainly for me, the juice is worth the squeeze. And generally speaking, I don't think it's actually that bad. It's just you're hearing about all the bad all at once. And if I were in your shoes, I would say the exact same thing. And you know what? You might be right. (laughs) You might be right that maybe I shouldn't be doing all this. But for now, I'm still enjoying it. 